self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing. We are Conversation Con Artists. It's your boy, Mr. On Point. And I am Calamity Red. And we are Conversation Con Artists. I got something that I want to say real quick. But I want to continue on to let you know about the website. Go to the website, conversationconartists.com, where we got the links to our stories, all of our current and old episodes of the podcast. And you can go to the left side, scroll over the little envelope, and leave us some feedback, some listener letters, whatever you want to do on the website. You can find me at Twitter at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at Red underscore Calamity. And we also are still doing the listener uh, letter part of the show. If you would like to send us a letter um, or a questioning, you can send it in through the website or you can send it in through our Gmail, which is conversationcarnartist at gmail.com. Um, we're only going to do one letter today because it was long as fuck. And <laughs> I'm going to let Mr. On Point read that shit because it's too long for me. So I'm going to read this letter. It's more like a listener response from some of the stuff we talked about last week. And we're going to um, clarify kind of what we meant, which is why he made the gun noises <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to let him get to it because it's long as shit. I'm going to read this fast. So if y'all miss something, y'all just miss it. <laughs> hey, guys, love the show, big fan. But I feel like when it comes to the gun topic, you guys really need to do some shooting. Guns are fun, but the problem comes with personal responsibility. I feel like the current gun ban movement has a similar perspective to the people who blame McDonald's for making them fat. Yes, people with guns kill people. I'm not blaming the weapon. I blame the user. I have a, I've had a gun for over 10 years, and I've never killed or shot anyone. It's locked up at all times and unloaded. I respect you guys' opinion, but your thought process behind having a gun is personal protection, which is its number one purpose, but there are also guns for hunting, as Red said. The original use for a constitutional amendment was for national protection. A well-regulated militia being necessary to keep the security of a free state, the right to free people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Many guns rights activists have said and quoted that during World War II, Japan's Admiral Isoroku Yamamoto is saying, you cannot invade mainland United States. There will be a rifle behind each blade of grass. Which keeps me feeling comfortable at night, meaning that if something ever happens and we ever get into a full-scale war, you can have these crazy people who are killing each other actually trying to fight the bad guys. Which I highly doubt will ever happen, but you only need guns when you need guns. Police officers are always too slow and will never be there to stop an active shooter. They're just there to clean up and ID the body. We need guns and gun control is needed, but criminals will never follow the law. There will always be a black market. You can't buy a fully automatic weapon legally, but just like drugs, we all know a plug. Many crimes have been stopped by guns and gun often save lives like the 63-year-old woman who shot a man as he broke into her home for the second time. You never hear the positive news about gun ownership, but that's just my thoughts on the media manipulation, not to get too conspiratorial in this long email, but everybody has an agenda. In closing, your attitudes will completely change once you go shooting. You should learn that you will learn the actual respect for that weapon. It's not like you see in movies. The sound is extremely loud and you will most certainly become gunshot after your first squeeze the trigger, but keep up the good work. I enjoy the show and since podcast out of new mixtape. Check out my podcast. Uh, this was written from Shogun at Government Name Podcast, which I do listen to. Y'all check it out. Okay. Oh, P.S. I'm black and I'm from the South. Maybe my opinion has been influenced by environment. Okay, so I'm gonna try to keep this short. Um, I don't. I think there was maybe a misunderstanding about what we were saying. Um, I think that we are making the same point about the responsibility of ownership. Of course, it's not the guns that are the problem. It's the people wielding the guns. The problem is most of the people wielding the guns are irresponsible as fuck, and we don't really have regulations that keep irresponsible people from getting the guns. 
Um, and as far as shooting a gun and, and feeling differently about it and about the noise level, I think I mentioned last week that I grew up in a household full of guns. I've heard guns be shot. Um, I've seen plenty of guns. I would like to also point out that the guns used for hunting are very different from the guns you use for personal protection. Um, and part of my perspective about guns is the way that it is because I grew up around them. Um, my dad is an alcoholic. He has been my entire life. And so when I say that he owned a bunch of guns, you know, until you live in a household with somebody that drinks that also has access to a bunch of fucking guns and has family members that do the same, you don't know the fear because you know, in a drunken state, shit happens. Um, so a lot of my perspective is built around actually being around irresponsible people with guns. So I've heard guns be shot. Um, I've heard guns be shot right outside of my bedroom window. So I'm very aware of how loud they sound. And I do have a respect for them. And if I owned one, I would lock it up and all that. The problem that I have is that most people who own them, again, are irresponsible as fuck. Um, and that is, again, my, my largest issue is that most of the people that have them don't do what they're supposed to do with them. And we don't really have a system that ensures that they do. You, it's, it's easy to get a gun. It's not hard legally to get a gun. Like, you don't even, I'm not even talking about illegal guns. It's easy to get a legal gun as long as you're not a felon. It's the hardest for felons, I think, but, or impossible for felons, rather. I don't think you can have a gun if you're a felon, correct? I don't think so. Yeah, so felons are the only exception, but anybody else, it ain't hard to get a gun. Like, I could leave here right now after we get through recording and go get a gun legally. Be fine. Easy. There's no, like, to say, you know, it's the, it, the problem is the, the people. How do you make sure that only responsible people have access to the guns? We don't. And again, that's my problem. And I, and from my perspective, it's, it's not that guns are a horrible thing. The letter said that guns are guns. It's the people is the problem. But not being able to regulate the kind of people that have access to the guns is what caused the problems that we have. And when you look at how many people guns have killed versus how many people guns have saved, for me personally, that just don't that outweighs any enjoyment I can get from a gun. Because realistically, if I go shoot a gun, I probably like it. But it don't have to be a gun. It can be like a Nerf gun. Like a gun, if the shooting range here in Birmingham was like a Nerf shooting range and all the guns were the same kind of guns you could shoot, and I went to go shoot those and shot them, and enjoy, I could enjoy that. I know I would. Just I like shot any paintball guns before I liked it. It hurts when you get shot. This shit hurts a lot. <laughs> but it's fun that. to like shoot other people. <laughs> but just like any other activity, if it was knife throwing anything, I could do that. And if I found I was good at it, I would enjoy it. But the reasons that I have a problem with guns and that guns just aren't my flavor is because of all the other stuff that go with it. Guns, the ideals behind guns, the concept behind guns, the politics behind guns, the business behind guns, all of the things that continue to perpetuate the existence of guns, the lack of responsibility placed on those people for guns. Those things for me outweigh the level of enjoyment I can get from that kind of uh, that kind of device. I don't I just don't like it. And but. I respect you if you like guns. I'm, I mean, guns in society, it is what it is. I'm not saying that nobody should have guns. I'm not saying guns should even be taken away. You know, because at this point, that's fucking nothing impossible. Can happen. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But for me personally, I'm, I'm not with it. 
And I think that's the, I feel like guns are like politics and like religion. Um, both sides, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or whether you're a Christian or a Muslim, I think it, you you have all this evidence to back up your point and the other person's going to have all this evidence to back up their point. You know, I think it's one of those things where you feel how you feel. Um, again, I, my basis for how I feel is built on my own experiences being around irresponsible people and, and knowing what how it is to be fearful in a situation where there's somebody wielding a gun that probably shouldn't fucking have one. Um, Because the fact of the matter is, even though my my dad hunts, my brothers don't. And my brothers have never been hunting because my mom wouldn't allow it because my dad was irresponsible as fuck with the guns. And she couldn't trust that they would go out in the woods and and he would come back with the kids. Like, um, so again, my perspective is built on firsthand seeing somebody be irresponsible with a gun and knowing that fear of being around that. And as far as like active shooters, how, how that would change, it's just so amazing to me. I feel like gun enthusiasts always feel like everybody who owns guns are like in the in gun ranges practicing in that if an active shooter, a moving target, because usually when I think gun, it's a target that's sitting out there still and you're shooting at it. Uh, I guess maybe they have it where it will move maybe and you could shoot at it, but somebody moving around a room and somebody that's not trained with a gun, because most, even if you go to the gun range, you're not trained. Um, I would, I would feel like my life would be in more danger if everybody in the room with an active shooter had a gun and all of these people are trying to shoot at this moving target. I feel like a lot of innocent people will get shot. Like, I think if you look at, the statistics of the number of people that own guns and the number of people that actually go to the gun range with those guns, I think it's probably a little off because I just don't think everybody that owns guns are in gun ranges practicing all the time. And so to me, I would be more fearful in a room where everybody had a gun with an active shooter. And I wouldn't be the kind of person that goes shoot at a gun range every week. I wouldn't either. For me, a gun <laughs> would be the most expensive piece of equipment that I hope to never ever use in my life. Because if I were to have one, it would be just for protection. If I were to have one, it would be just to make sure that I'm protecting my family. And what I tell people now about guns is that I just don't feel like I have enough to protect you know, maybe that will change. I'm always introducing new knowledge and new ideals and new things in my life. Maybe that'll change when I have a wife. Maybe that'll change when I have kids. Maybe I'll feel like I need some more extreme measures of protecting my family. But at the end of the day, for my life, a gun is something that I would buy that I would hope to never have to use. So for me, I wouldn't be prepared to use it. And so for me, having it would be a waste of money. I and a waste of time and a waste of effort and it wouldn't bring me that level of security that it brings somebody else what yeah. i imagine it brings shogun it wouldn't bring me the level of comfort that it brings somebody else it'll just be something else in my house that i forget about like a whole drawer of stuff in my <laughs> closet that is in that bottom drawer i have i don't know what's in there i gotta go open it up to see what's in it my gun would be in there yeah and it I, wouldn't be in my it wouldn't be in my conscious thought and i don't think either of us is saying that he's wrong for feeling the way that he feeling if if that was the impression that we gave when we discussed it earlier that wasn't the intent um i respect people's right if that if you want to have guns in your house and you feel safer that's fine but it, it's also the flip side. You have to respect how I feel and the reason why I feel that way and understand that. I don't, you know, I have friends. Again, most of the people in my life, because I live alone, have told me that I need to get a gun. Um, and 
I tell all of them to fuck off. <laughs> I don't want a gun. Um, and again, it's so deeply ingrained in me because of my experiences growing up around guns that, you know, it's nothing you're going to be able to say that's going to change the first 18 years of my life. So um, it, it, I don't care. Like, that's your opinion and you can have that. But this is mine. And it ain't going to change. Like, it's just not. I think. And we were talking earlier about how the difference between how hard it is for you to get your driver's license compared to how easy it is for you to get a gun license. Like, you make, we make people go through all of this shit um, in order to get their driver's license. And it again, I could leave here right the fuck now and just go get a gun with no experience ever shooting a gun. Um, no indication of how what my mental state of mind is or why I'm buying the gun or what I'm going to do with it or any of that but i had to practice and take tests and all of this shit in order to get my driver's license and my thing another thing is like kind of like a an example i use in discipline when i talk to people because i work with kids and families when i talk to people about disciplining kids and people say kids need to be disciplined kids need to be whooped well every single person has a different idea of what discipline is mm -hmm. you know you say i believe in discipline and I believe in all my neighbors' discipline too. But when you find out that your neighbor's tying a kid to a tree, butt naked, and slashing them across the back, and that's their definition of discipline, you have to reevaluate your generalized ideas that everybody would do this thing right just because I do it right. Yeah. If you have your gun and you have your permits and your licenses and you shoot actively, you can't assume that everybody does it the same way you do to assume that everybody should have a gun. I think that what we need to do as a society is be more critical of how we assess those things of when people do it wrong and when people aren't responsible with them. You know, maybe maybe change some rules. Maybe anybody can have a gun, but in order to keep your license updated, you need to go to the shooting range this often per year. Yeah. And you got to have them hours clocked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there are ways without taking guns away that we can ensure that people will be more responsible with it. But the same way that we want people to be responsible with with vehicles, and people are still not responsible with vehicles, but with this whole notion that everybody should have access to a gun it's just i don't like there is no other damaging thing harmful item that the best way to resolve the situation is to give everybody one <laughs> you know what i'm saying like there is nothing else you can name that the solution for fixing the problem of somebody having this problematic thing is to give everybody <laughs> one if somebody in the room got a knife it's much easier to take that knife from them than to give everybody a knife <laughs> you know what i'm saying like and so that's kind of the irrational sense with the whole gun debate thing is no everybody should have a gun everybody need a gun when and then the we'll end all the be safer from <laughs> these these bad guys that have guns if everybody in the room has like a fucking wild west shootout when at the end of the day it's not really me deciding that i need that gun it's a gun lobby you know who makes guns telling the politicians that you need to convince the world that they need guns and you need to convince them that they need more guns because we got new guns we got new weapons we got new bullets i don't like guns because of the political stuff i don't like guns because of the concept because of the idea that everybody need to have a gun and that guns have been ingrained so deeply into the fabric of america i have a problem with guns for all those reasons so even if i went to go shoot even if i enjoyed it it wouldn't override that it that guns just don't mean anything to me yeah 
You know, I have to find another way to protect myself. I'm going to get killed by somebody who busting in my place because having a gun ain't going to ensure that that going to make that situation turn out any better for me. And that's just my perspective. I respect anybody that have what you love and you enjoy it and you're responsible with that. I respect that. You know, but I think you can't forget that just because you're responsible doesn't mean that everybody is. And I feel like. Again, the ratio of people who are responsible with their guns and the irresponsible motherfuckers is off. Like, I feel like there are more people who are irresponsible with it than there are people that are responsible. Um, and I do think that the media does, you know, they don't tell all the stories of the lives that are saved. But again, I think it's still disproportionate. I feel like more lives are lost than saved with guns. Like, Shit, every day on AL.com, like, I live in Birmingham, Alabama, so it's like a murder involving guns or a shooting almost every fucking day. Like, seriously, that is not even an exaggeration. Like, it happens all the time. I've worked with clients whose lives have been impacted by guns in some kind of way. I mean... I've just seen the negative side of it more than I see the positive. And for me... I don't want a gun. Like, I just don't. And if you would like to have a gun in your household, that's cool. That's, you know. But I think that you should. I think that the best conversations I have about guns don't bring everybody into it. Yeah. I think it's just about you and your love for guns and your responsibility and how you shoot and you inviting me to that thing, you know. And I'm likely to go. But when you when you start getting into talking about society, other people, everybody, that's when that's when I start getting turned away from the gun dialogue, you know. So, you know, do your thing with the guns. It's, it is what it is. Be responsible, you know, but educate people about that responsibility. You know, if you know people that ain't responsible with guns, you know, educate them. Let them know how they're supposed to be doing it. You know, because if you support guns, I feel like they should be supported the right way. Yeah. I don't think we can. I don't think we can afford supporting guns just for protection and not take into acknowledgement the rules and the responsibility that come with that. You know, because I mean, we got to have we got rules, and at some point we got to follow them, especially when it comes to something that dangerous. But I guess I will wrap this up by saying, bruh, 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 bruh. <laughs> Hopefully that <laughs> clarified some things, maybe, as far as, like, what we were saying. Again, I don't think either of us is saying that people who own guns or gun enthusiasts as a whole are terrible people and or whatever. But I think our point is that everybody is not going to be responsible with guns. And that's the problem, is that everybody isn't. You might be, but there are 10 other people around you who probably aren't. I'm so. just skeptical of the generalization. If you're responsible with your gun, if you talk to me about gun, if you've done everything that you're supposed to do to have your gun in order and you have it for protection and you have it and you go shoot at the range and you're yeah, responsible. Yeah, even if it's for recreation and you don't have it for protection, you're responsible with it even in the recreational use. That's cool. Then, do your thing. Then I respect the shit out of you yeah. because it's a ton of people that are doing it wrong, that can do it wrong, and it's done wrong every single day by so many people. If you're doing that shit right, I respect you. It's just not a lot of people. Well, there's a lot of people doing it right, but it's just as many people doing it wrong. Yeah. You know, so. 
So that's going to be it for the listener letter. Again, if you have, if, if we've said something and you want us to clarify, whatever the case may be, send us letters. We want them. Um, you can send them in through the website or you can send them in through our Gmail, which is conversationconartist at gmail.com. And I think we're just going to get into the rest of the show now. Yeah, we will go ahead and get into the deliberate nonsense. So we're going to continue, continue talking shit about guns a little bit with George Zimmerman. This motherfucker. <laughs> If y'all didn't know, he put his gun up for auction on one of these auction websites. The gun that he killed Trayvon Martin with in 2012, he put up for auction. Let me just say, for all of the people who supported him at the time and felt like, oh, he was just protecting himself, he has consistently been making y'all look like asshats since that whole acquittal shit happened. He has continuously shown us that he ain't nothing but the fuckboy that I already knew he was. Because he been getting into all kind of shit since that happened. And showing his true fucking color. So for all of you who were, you know, behind him in the beginning, this is what the fuck you were behind. Somebody who would auction off the gun that he killed somebody with. <laughs> Talking about it's a piece of American history and all of this bullshit. The fuck out of here. If y'all didn't know, the gun on the first auction site he put it on got up to about $65 million. <laughs> but I want to say the name of the bidder was something like... Uh, Guns McDick face or something like that. <laughs> like it's clear that a whole bunch of people were trolling Hell that yeah. auction site. And I really don't know how he gonna actually sell it unless somebody hit to buy it now. Who the fuck wants to buy it? For what? Like <sighs> somebody out there got five hundred thousand dollars worth of racism. Fucking ass. Because five hundred thousand dollars was the buy it now price on it. I don't even you know what somebody out there red no, has sure, five hundred thousand dollars worth of racism there are lots maybe of, a million there are lots of rich races so i'm sure somebody will buy it but it's just like that's just that saddens me that there's somebody out there that would see that and, and want to own that and feel proud about having that and probably put it on display and shit like and then he's talking about he had all these offers from these museums and shit yeah, he said that the Smithsonian showed interest in it, and they had to send him a tweet. I'm finna read it. Bitch, we ain't never expressed no motherfucking interest in collecting no damn George Zimmerman firearm, and we ain't planning to collect that shit ever or display in no museum. Put some respect on the Smithsonian name. R-E-S-P-E-C-K. Now, I do want to let y'all know that's paraphrased. <laughs> that is not exactly what they said, but that is the sentiment. That's essentially what that's they That's kind of saying. exactly what it was. Yeah. But not in those words. Because they, I mean, that just shows how delusional he is. Like, he wanted to, he's just crazy. Like, he's the crazy that we all knew he was from the beginning. He's the crazy that was on that fucking 911 call. Like, he is crazy. He's always been crazy. I've always known it. Always been crazy to black people. Well, yeah. Not necessarily to white people. And I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, some of his people, supporters. Somebody are still supporting him and going and can justify this because we can justify any fucking thing the thing is the gimmick used to sell the gun it's a gun it's probably worth five hundred dollars if that probably not even that but he has to use the gimmick of having shot a young black teen with it to evoke invoke somebody's racism enough to get money out of it i just that's that is sad it's extremely sad that is like sad like that's depressing what at what point in life is he that he have to it's either one or two things 
he's either smart enough to know that at this point in financial distress in his life, he can use these tactics, especially with Donald Trump out here making it okay to be that oh, way God. to sell this gun. Or he really believes that this gun is worth something more than what it's actually worth because of that gimmick. I don't I don't know. I don't know which it is, but it's sad all around. I know that. Like it's just really sad. But this goes back into one of those irresponsible people with guns, as we know the about this whole situation. Child for irresponsibility with guns. It would have been different if he was white. What is he? His mom is Mexican and his dad is white. <sighs> I think it's one of those situations. His dad was a judge and he found like a Mexican. I think she was a, I want someone to say man, Latino stenographer or something like that. And he had some little courtroom shenanigans going on. Oh, I don't know. I could be absolutely wrong, but. He's like Bentley. He's like Mr. Burns taking advantage <laughs> of his position. <laughs> but I mean, what do you. What do you do with stuff like that in America? I mean, people die, we just leave it up to the courts. And the problem, another problem with the system is when it comes to things that happen with guns, well, it's unfortunate that this disproportionately that black people get either unjustified murders or sent to jail more for uh, shootings that could have should have been justified. Like, it's just so many dynamics to guns. And then the aftermath of guns, which is death, you know, court, justice system, things that already disproportionately affect the African-American community. So we just got to be more responsible when it comes to guns, not because we should have to be, but because we have to be because that's what the system presents us with. The system gave us a situation where, hey, black people, statistically, you get the shit end of the stick most of the time. So, you know, behave yourselves a little bit better. Shouldn't have to, but I think you have to. Yeah. You know. Somebody gonna buy that gun. Somebody is absolutely a hundred percent. Like that's gonna happen. Yeah, somebody gonna buy it. Put it on display. Be proud of it. Be a family heirloom and shit. How would it, it look down. if a black person bought it and then shot him with it? <laughs> <laughs> Irony. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Only you would think of something like that. That never even crossed my mind. I'm just saying it. I don't know if it'll be amazing or. $500,000 worth of petty. You know what? I bet if George Zimmerman saw a black person, like if they, if he was going to meet them with the gun, it was a black person, he wouldn't sell it to him. Probably not. And I get, but you know what? Even if that happened, that black person would go to jail. <laughs> like they would be in prison. He wasn't in prison, but they would go to prison for that. Like, it'd be so sad. if you're a black person that's thinking about buying that gun, don't kill him or shoot him. <laughs> Pistol whip him. Pistol whip him. Yeah, with it. yeah. It just be and clearly, he won't. He don't have to know your real name because you can just make your name Do an Guns McBigface too. <laughs> <laughs> and pistol whip him with it. Yeah, it'll make do it for the culture. Yep. But don't don't kill him. I don't condone. I don't condone murder that goes against all the context of my gun <laughs> position. <laughs> Not to mention you would go to prison and it'd just be like he didn't go to prison, but you you would absolutely yeah, hundred fucking stacked against go. you. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> very much so. If you're a black person, yeah, do that. basically. 
This story really ain't got shit to do with shit, but I was just gonna talk about it because it's kind of silly. This black man went into a white barber shop to get a haircut, and the white barber told him I'll cut black hair and put out a gun on him. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I, black people don't go to white barbers. That's in a, a white barber shop, like the only white barbers you should ever go to is the white barber in the black barber shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only that. Like, why would this dude go to the damn? What he trying to get? What I kind think, of hairstyle he trying to get? I they don't even better, got the right blades for our hair. But I think a better question is how fucking irrational is it? <laughs> you that upset because he walked in your shop that you don't pull a gun? Damn, like. <laughs> Uh, I don't cut black hair is, is that sufficient. <laughs> I don't know. I'm handling stage one. Black people, <laughs> if you go into a white barbershop with the pole on it that's spin, they not finna give your ass no John B haircut. No. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> you ain't finna get no smooth ass edge up. That's not what they do there. They cut hair with scissors, bro. <laughs> like, I've never had a hairstyle that could be cut in its entirety with scissors <laughs> I don't know if any black people have unless you just I don't know I don't know but I'm just handling phase stage one clearly <laughs> you should be able to walk into any barbershop in America and expect somebody to try but you shouldn't do that <laughs> phase two white barbers <laughs> listen oh if y'all own a barbershop and black people aren't your predominantly clientele base it's enough to say I don't cut black hair. <laughs> you don't gotta pull no pistol out on them. <laughs> That's just so irrational. <laughs> like I'm still just like, what the fuck? Like I, how did the guy feel who walked in? Like I, know I don't know nothing like, else about the story. <laughs> it was a very short story, but where was it? Do you remember where I don't it, know was? Where it was? That sounds like some shit that happened in the South, though. <laughs> it gotta be the South. Like I'm, I feel like folks in New York, they might have been like, well, I don't know how to really do this. I don't know that they would have pulled out a gun. That seemed like some Southern shit. I mean, some. At, I think what happened is everybody in the community found out that they barber is schizophrenic and they finna go find a new damn barber. You know, he pulled out a gun on somebody that wanted a haircut. That's what the fuck you do. That's your job. Like, what the fuck? He didn't cut, like, holy baby. Talk about irresponsibility with guns. Listen, when Damn, you go in there, like somebody coming in my office and being like, I need to talk about this bad thing that happened to me and me being like, I don't fix that kind of shit <laughs> and then pulling a gun on them. Like, it's my fucking job. <laughs> what I do. Like, that's insane. Listen, I'm going to tell y'all what happened with black people. When you go into sports cuts or sports <laughs> clips, when it's not a black person that's cutting the hair, they're going to ask you what number you want. <laughs> this is something that black people okay let me not say black that I have never been asked none of my friends have ever been asked in our lives what number you want I have no idea what that means when I go to the barber I say low all around <laughs> the barber knows exactly what that is he knows what low all around means he knows what fade means I don't even think I've ever I don't go to salons anymore because my hair is natural and I do everything to myself but even when I was going to salons I don't think a white person's ever done my hair. I'm pretty sure they haven't. I know of some white people that do like natural hair. Women, though, like long natural hair. But like, I don't think I've ever been to like a to a white. I, I don't. 
Because I feel like they wouldn't know what the fuck to do. And I, I'm not confident that I would come out happy because I just wouldn't feel like you know what the fuck you're doing. Like, Well, you know, in, in beauty school or salon school, hair school, whatever it's called, they focus on hair textures. They don't really say, hey, here's how you do black folks hair <laughs> because it's, you know, curly and, you know, a little bit more. They don't say it like black people have. Yeah. They do hair textures, you know, because but what what that does, I think, is it limits you from actually diving into that culture when it comes to hair. Yeah. You know, but the world being as, you know politically correct as oh, it is God. you really can't have a curriculum that say this how to do black people hair without saying this how to do Asian hair this how to do white hair this how to do Italian hair this how to do Hungarian hair this how to do everybody else hair but I'm gonna tell you right now you know well I'm bald <laughs> and not by choice by force like <laughs> my genetic makeup made this little reverse mohawk thing in my head happen the way it don't grow in the middle but it grew on the outsides he had dreads people he had dreads <laughs> I used at one to have point. dreads <laughs> and but let's say I did have hair the kind of shit situation I have to be in to walk into a white barbershop <laughs> and say I need a cut the situation I have to be in for that don't exist yeah, because you just do, do it yourself. Like, you could be trying to do it yourself. I can't now, but even when I had hair, when I had hair before I had dreads, it can get rough sometimes. You know? And I don't know how, what kind of situation I, like, I have to be in a situation that said, hey, if you can get a haircut in the next 30 minutes, I'll give you a million dollars. But you got to get that haircut first. It don't have to be some extreme shit to make me go into this place <laughs> with the spinning pole. Because in my head, when you see that spinning pole barbershop, it only it's only white barbershops to me. Because <laughs> black folks can't afford that kind of shit when they start up barbershops. <laughs> Damn, that was racist. It was. But that's my perception. When I see that pole, I always think it's a white barbershop. But it is a barbershop in Hoover that got one of them poles that's a black barbershop. Say, yeah. It's on the road. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, because I passed by it all the yeah, time. The yeah. only one I've ever, I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, but we are talking about them in the South. Limited barbershop exposure. But in my head, yeah. when I see that pole, I think a white barbershop. <laughs> in, the I was in the town I grew up in, the barbershop just had that spinning pole. It was a white barbershop. The black people just don't go there. You just don't go there. That's probably where the judges go and talk shit about black people in politics. <laughs> and that's just how it was in my town in my childhood where I grew up at. So I would, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be in that situation. You should never. You, black folks don't put yourself in that situation. White barbers, just tell the motherfucker you don't want to cut their hair. Don't pull a gun. Pull a gun on them. Fuck. I got the picture. You know, it's like okay, Damn. don't need a gun. That's an extreme reaction. Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess the dude probably got mad. I'm sure he did, but like, but a oh, 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 white owned barbershop ain't the place to go in there with your Black Panther self. <laughs> 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 you, you, you need to go in there with your. I need a white haircut. I need a haircut from a white man self. <laughs> that ain't the same as Black Panther. Like, how dare you be racist in your establishment where you don't even service my population? <laughs> That is insane. That's just funny. I don't know. That's crazy on both sides. I, I just. That's bad. It is. It is pretty bad. Last thing I got to talk about is 
Panama Papers. Have you heard of that? I have not. Panama Papers. Panama is one of the last places on earth that is a tax haven escape ah. for corporations and they've been setting up shell corporations for a lot of people. Well, somebody in that organization released two terabytes of documentation that let the world know who all has some kind of shell company, something at the in the Panama that is trying to evade taxes. And that's best case scenario. Best case scenario, evading taxes. A lot of it is used for money laundering. Because 35 people that have been blacklisted from using any financial institutions in the United States are on that list for the Panama Papers. Stop snitching, Panama. Snitches and snitches. The latest... Well, the re- I mean, I've read about the Panama Papers a little bit, but Emma Watson... Emma Watson? Yeah, the, the actress, actress from Harry Potter had a shell corporation set up. And what her publicist said was that to keep her from being targeted by false organizations, she set up a shell corporation without her name attached to it so that, you know, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. Sound like bullshit to me. It is bullshit, <laughs> you know. But it's Emma Watson. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care Not that really. she's evading taxes if that's what she's doing. But now that they found out, she better get the damn Wesley's Nights treatment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> she better get that yeah. damn. She better go to jail if she ain't paying these taxes. But legislators from other countries on there, celebrity. Like, it's, it is... Two terabytes worth of documents. Do you know how small a document is? A document is like 365 oh. kilobytes. Yeah. Two terabytes of that? Like, that's ridiculous. But I don't understand why people don't. In this day, like, I just feel like you can't get away with shit. There's a trail. Like, we, we're so tech, technologically, like, dependent that. You just can't get away with stuff no more. Like, I feel like you had a better chance, like, back in the day before we got all of this technology. Like, right now, somebody somewhere knows what the fuck you doing. And at some point, they can decide, okay, here we go. The same way that, um, what's that terrorist group that, like, did fucked up with Sony that released those emails? What's that group? They wore the mask. The Anonymous. Anonymous. I mean, it. you just can't get away with shit no more. Like but it was all good until some disgruntled employee yeah. decided to let this stuff go home with all the press that all the, everybody got. I'm pretty sure that somewhere in the basement or somewhere at the bottom of a ship being tortured <laughs> and they're going to be for the rest of their life. If somebody down there with a Russian action said, no, death is too good for you. We have to torture you until you die. That's where they are. They in the bottom of a ship being tortured and death is too good for them and they're going to be tortured until they like 90 years old now because they did this shit. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I would be afraid. I'm, I am afraid to do anything. Like, I am because somebody somewhere knows about it and all it takes is one person to get angry. It ain't even got to be angry at me. The people in them terabytes of information probably didn't even have shit to do with this. They probably got mad at their boss. You know what I'm saying? I, I got to suffer for this shit, you know? It just, it's too, 
We just too technologically dependent at this point. I used to work with a dude who he really wanted to be off the grid. Like every now and then he'll get off Facebook, off Instagram, off everything. And he said, you know, I don't want them to be able to find me. And I said, the them that wants to find you will find you regardless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nothing you can do to stay away from them. And you get a W-2. <laughs> they know where you come. Like... Being off the grid, they gonna be able to get you. So it's really to me, it's nothing you can do just shy of faking your death and living up <laughs> in an underground bunker that is in an old war zone that you used to be in <laughs> to get away from these people. I don't think there's really a way. I don't think so either. So yeah, I hate people. Uh, this is so not necessarily on topic, but for y'all of y'all who love to announce on Facebook that you getting off of Facebook, we don't give a fuck. Stop doing that. Like, I'm about to shut my Facebook down. I'm tired of the messing. Just get the fuck off. We don't need an announcement. We will know when we don't see your name on our timeline no more. Period. Stop doing that. I don't care. I don't care if you don't want to be on Facebook anymore. Don't announce But you it. know what? If you somebody that I communicate with regularly... I expect you to tell me personally at least that this communication is going to end that we have back and forth. Because what if I fucking miss that on my timeline? What if I don't even see exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> if I miss that message and you just gone and I try and I put your name up and it's gone like, oh, this person's not on Facebook anymore and I don't have their phone number, their email address or no way to contact them and I really enjoyed the communication that we had over this time. Or they might, you might not even think that because usually I just be like, oh, this bitch unfriended me. Like, I just assume, <laughs> I don't ever assume that you got off Facebook. I just assume you unfriended me for some reason. Like, I don't know what I said on my status that got them that upset. <laughs> Stop doing that, people. Nobody cares. But I think what this whole topic goes into is the idea that the wealthy, the rich, the people that are enforcing the rules upon us and creating rules upon which we have to abide by don't even respect. Hell no. Taxes. Because they think they're above the rules. Exactly. The rules don't apply to them. That's for us poor people. (laughs) They requesting now that Donald Trump show his tax return information. But he's in the middle of an audit, so he's saying he's not going to show it while he's in the middle of an audit. Okay. And... (laughs) How am I supposed to respect your tax plan when you're not showing us your tax return? And he said, no president has done this during a tax return. Nixon did. Nixon, during the audit, Nixon showed his tax returns. And not only that, but when Mitt Romney was first having issues, Donald Trump was talking about the reason that he's having issues because he's not showing the people his tax return. <laughs> But I think we've learned with Donald Trump that it really don't matter. It don't matter what he do. It don't matter what he say. He is in. And I don't fucking understand it. Like I'm getting closer and closer to understanding it. What? Please explain it to me because I don't fucking get it. Because one, Donald Trump is rich. And America has cultivated a society in which, apart from anything else, if we can amass that kind of wealth, we should do that. The other part well, is... Well, you can if you have a family member that's willing to give you a small loan of a million dollars. I mean, you right, but <laughs> trying to be objective, we, let's not. I don't want to invalidate what he did with that million that put him where he at. Even though it was on the backs of other people, even though it was a small <laughs> loan, even though he don't get opportunities, fuck it. He made money. He's an asshole hat. Fuck face, but he makes the money, okay? So... The second part is 
before Donald Trump came about, what we've had in the last 10, 15, 20 years is this whole huge group of people that are afraid that the PC police is going to stop them and that we can't say what we say because the PC police said we can't say this or we can't say these words we used to say. And it's traditionally white people because white people have had the opportunities to be blatantly and overtly racist they whole life by saying racial terms racial words being culturally insensitive and saying what they want because this has been their america well america has been changing over the last 20 30 40 years to on paper being more culturally inclusive on paper. and so now you got all of these people that donald trump is saying what i want to say donald trump is doing what i want to do that's all it's about it's just it's that syndrome where you just want what the other person got and now you're going to follow that person because they got what you got. And that's what it's about. They support the person that they believe going to give them the freedom to allow them to say whatever the hell they want to say, whatever the fuck they want to say, because they used to say whatever the hell they want to say, whatever they want to say in back in the 60s and the 70s. Caveat to that is that he don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> like, he don't care about you. Like, you're not going to benefit from it. Like, if you are already a millionaire, you would benefit from his presidency. But... Otherwise, he like it's just like Mitt Romney. Like they don't care about if, your if, whole ass. Like you, if the Republican <laughs> Party cared at all, if the if the Republican Party was concerned with the money part, the poor people wouldn't be Republicans and they wouldn't be supporting Trump. It ain't about money because they poor. It, it, it ain't nothing money wise gonna benefit them. That's why I think it's just about them concepts of what they believe that Donald Trump can offer them that's been taken away, and but that's Donald just Trump, that political correctness. Yeah. But he can do that. You gonna get your ass stomped out if you get out doing that shit. You don't have security and you don't have people that can like protect you from the bullshit that you say. You just gonna get your ass beat. Like it, I just feel like I don't know. I don't understand people. A candidate, a democratic, a black power democratic candidate that came out of nowhere that I know didn't give a fuck about me, but catered to something that I believe I needed, I would probably still support that person. Well, I wouldn't. Like the ben general Carson. average person would. Like Ben Carson. Ben Carson ain't... He's black. <laughs> None of his message catered to African American. <laughs> All his true. message catered to white, white poor Republicans. That's... His message never catered to black people. No. His message was... I took advantage of all the stereotypical things that black people, you know, take advantage of. But you shouldn't as a black person because you don't have to make it like that. You can be different than me. But he wasn't saying it like that. He was acting like he never had any of that shit. But that's what's happening with Donald Trump. He's just catering to a whole group of people that's saying, hey, I don't, you know, really connect with this dude in a lot of ways. But he's going to give me some shit. And I'm going to take it. For me, if a presidential candidate came out and said all the video games gonna be free <laughs> and I don't agree with no more shit that he got going on, you know what? I would think real hard about not supporting his ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's what Donald Trump doing. He giving the ass free racism. Donald Trump out here handing out free racism, free bigotry, free you can say whatever the hell you want to say, and they like, you know what? At this point, ain't no other choices, but you know what? I'm with this guy. He speaks his mind. And he giving us free racism. And you know what? I fucks with some free racism. That's all the Donald Trump supporters. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, Donald Trump ain't shit, but you know, that's just with the Panama Papers is just releasing a whole bunch of people and it's I think showing us how much the people that we are being under what am I trying to say? It shows us how much the people that are creating the rules in our society actually respect the rules that they create. And in the real realistically, they don't respect the shit at, at all. all. <laughs> you know, but I think the Panama Papers is just a it's on paper that they don't give a fuck. <laughs> they on, on like news reports they can say, "No, I care about this. I care about taxes. I care about the Constitution. I care about the amendments. I care about all of our rights. Everyone should be under the same rules. This is our system." You know, you can say that shit, but when you put other shit on paper and when your your actions don't reflect the things that you say, then we can call you on it. We can't really call people on Verb verbiage. That's what Hillary Clinton problem is. <laughs> Hillary Clinton is saying a whole bunch of shit that sounds good, but on paper, she didn't believe that shit last year. No. And then she didn't believe that shit five years ago. You can change, but the the quickness with which she changes, that's a problem with that's a problem. But that's politicians. I just would hope not to see it so overtly with somebody like that's running for fucking president right now. Anyway, bottom moral of the story is politicians don't respect shit, but they sell. <laughs> Basically. Okay. And if you're aspiring to be a politician, be better. Change politics for the better. Politicians today are playing the game of fucking messed up politics. They are playing the game of a system that's fucked. And instead of saying, hey, let's change the system, which is why I like Bernie Sanders, they're saying, no, the system is how it is. We play the game, and that's how it goes. We just finna play the game. I don't like that. No, it's sad. So, I don't think, do I think Bernie Sanders can get the shit done he's saying he can? Absolutely not. <laughs> he's going to have opposition. A lot of it. You know, he can't get that shit done. But the ideal behind this system is corrupt. There is too much money in politics. You shouldn't be catering to big businesses. Big businesses shouldn't be having a hand in politics. That idea, that message, I've been saying that shit way before I knew fucking Bernie Sanders' name. And so, because that's his ideal, that's what I'm with. Damn, I, I, I gotta add a component to this. It's a Bernie or Bust movement going on. You heard of that? Mm -mm. Bernie or Bust. It's a group of people that Bernie or Bust. We are not going to vote. Vo it's not and it's not in support of Bernie. It's in opposition to Hillary Clinton mm -hmm. because of some of the issues that I talked about. And I think the, the dilemma for me is any other time, to me, that would be great. Any other time in history, having a bust candidate that if this person don't vote, I'm not voting for the other person. But at the end of the day, this election, we got a fucking Donald Trump in here. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that if you don't want to vote for somebody, but when it becomes Democrat versus Republican, are you willing, is your hatred for Hillary Clinton something that you would allow to let Donald Trump become our president? Uh, or is Donald Trump being the president not really worth that? Because if it is, that's fine. I'm not saying it should or shouldn't be. I just I would just hate for a lot of people to discount themselves. But I, I mean, I think that's happened for Donald Trump too. I think that a lot of people that was gonna vote Republican ain't gonna vote for Donald Trump either. Yeah. You know, for them, I guess 
they would rather have whatever happened happen without their involvement than that's a very scary to thought. intentionally choose something that they don't really agree with yeah but I, f- I don't know every election to me is just choosing the lesser of the evils because they're all evil it always is it always comes down to which one is less fucked up and sometimes the the margin between the fucked upness is really small like but i feel like it's always a matter of choosing the lesser of the evils like every election that's the way i feel about it and i'm it. not saying i'm and and I, I don't want that little piece i just said to be you should choose one or the other i'm really kind of still working it out in my head as to how to do that now i don't have the biggest problems with hillary clinton as other people have with hillary clinton versus the outcome if nobody support hillary clinton and donald trump become the president i don't have <laughs> them kind of issues with her but if you have those kind of issues with her then that's fine but for me personally i'm trying to work out a better understanding of a lot of these different situations because it's just i've never been this involved in politics i'm 30 years old and i've never been involved in politics like i am now i've never been as aware as i am now and so i'm just i'm working out a lot of shit that i wish i would have got some education about when i was younger but i didn't so anyway that's deliberate nonsense that's all i got all right, we're going to get into some unnatural selection. And I'm going to, well, this has been a week of illegitimate children. Uh, while Janet Jackson has been holding out money hostage so she could give birth to this baby at 50, it's come back out again because over the years, this is like continuously popped up that she had a baby that she gave up for adoption. And now it's back in the news again. Um, and her ex husband, which is one of the DeBarges, I can't remember his first name. It ain't Chico, though. I don't know. It's a debarge. <laughs> um, it's a lot of. It's saying that he had no idea that she gave birth and and put the baby up for adoption without his knowledge, and she out here acting like this baby is her first baby and holding y'all's money hostage still, <laughs> <laughs> which is fucked up. How does that happen? How does what happen? This was her ex husband. Yeah, and she was sixteen. Was she that young? I think so. I think, I think she was. Th- I think this is a different kid. Like I know that there's been that whole that one Re- Reby Reba Reby. I have no idea. <laughs> Raised the child. I think this is a different story from the one that like has been out before. I saw a picture of the girl, and I want to say it said she was thirty four. Damn! Really? Yeah. I don't. I can't remember. Okay, it was when she was 16. Okay. Um, and they were only together for like a year. The marriage was annulled. This is in 84. I was born in 1984. I was born in 1984. <laughs> while Janet and DeBarge was, was making babies. Yeah, making the baby. Well, but, so it's James DeBarge, not she, again, it wasn't Allegedly she, making babies. Yeah. He said he, he thought that she was pregnant at the time, but he couldn't ever prove it. Um, the girl looks... Shit, I thought it was young Janet. Like, shit. Like, you can't deny this. Like, this chat looked like her splitting image. Like, she looks exactly like her. Them Jackson jeans is strong. She looked exactly like Janet. That's fucked up. And you still holding me. (laughs) I'm still on the hold not giving these people their money back shit. But you out here acting like this your first baby. How fucked up would it be, though? To find out you got a 34-year-old daughter. For him? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be pissed. When you 50. I'd be pissed. You done missed a whole life. If you wanted to be involved, 
I mean, assume I would. I'm assuming that he got a big ass family. He would want to be involved Probably, with his daughter yeah. if he had. Yeah. If he known. Yeah. And she ain't Janet ain't making no fucking comments on it. She, she Ray Charles that shit. Mom is the word in <laughs> this bitch. Mom is the motherfucking word. Like she ain't saying nothing about it. And what happened was she she was adopted by some family members. Yeah. And on her deathbed, which would explain looking like the family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think on her deathbed she told her who her mama was. Speaking of deathbed confessions, that's gonna take us right into. The next illegitimate child story, which is Jay-Z. So the story is Jay-Z has a 22-year-old son, and the the mom is dying. And so she has told him that Jay-Z is his dad. He looked like Jay-Z. Like, not as much as Janet's daughter, supposed daughter, alleged daughter looks like her. But he has some of his features, like the nose and the lips and Mm -hmm. his face. Like, he kind of looks like him. The thing is that the the boy is trying to get a paternity test to prove once and for all whether or not Jay-Z is his dad and Jay-Z keep blocking that shit. So I feel like at the very least Jay-Z feels like it's a possibility that this is his kid because it would be the simple solution is just get the fuck a paternity test so that they could say you are not the father and you move on with your life. But if you like going out of your way to block this from happening, because I think it's gotten up to like federal court at this point, you must have like uh, uh, maybe it is my son, and I don't want to deal with this kind of shit. And the sad part about that is that Jay Z had a, a a fucked up relationship with his own dad, and you would think that he wouldn't want to continue that cycle. Like I think he made up with his dad before he died, but still, like you're doing the same shit, like. Uh. It is the same on paper, <laughs> but when you talk about the relationship that cultivates a father and son situation, mm-hmm. when that's not there, it's very easy to separate yourself. I guess it depends. I guess it depends on whether he's known about this child for twenty two years, or if this child at twenty years old, or hit his mama at twenty years old, let Jay Z know you got a son. I, that makes a difference. You can't just automatically start being daddy in that situation. Yeah, I. I okay, now I'm gonna be racist, but <laughs> I can't imagine that somebody who, because I think she met him like this is when before he was like had blew up. You know, this was a relationship that occurred before he. I think he was doing the music, but it wasn't nowhere near like where he he where he became. I can't imagine. Reasonable doubt came out in '96. Did it? Yeah. So Maybe. two years before ninety six. So nineteen ninety four. Yeah, that makes sense. I just can't imagine that she would have sat by and and continued to be like a Marcy Projects when this man out here making millions upon millions of dollars and raised this kid without ever letting him know or saying, "Hey, I need some help." Or I just can't imagine that she would do that. I I don't know that I believe he ain't know nothing. About this shit I don't know It is possible It could have been like Have you seen Dreamgirls Oh well Anybody who has seen Dreamgirls Will get the reference That I'm making But Effie Got pregnant by um, Jamie Foxx's character I can't remember What his name was But she ain't say shit And he didn't find out About the child Till the child was like She wasn't a teenager But she was like Nine or ten years old Um, And she Just never told him Cause she Out of spite I guess Or I don't know uh, so I mean I guess 
it could it could be the case. I just seriously doubt that this woman just decided, well, I'm not going to bother him with this. I'm just going to raise this boy on my own and not mention this to the man who has the money to make my life a whole lot easier. While Jay-Z does have make your life a whole lot easier money, it is also assassin money. It is. Just want to let you know. I don't know. This I is know. have you took care of in the projects money. I know. I'd much rather pay a crackhead $10,000 than pay you Three hundred thousand, four hundred millions <laughs> over the course of this kid's childhood. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's possible. I I'm don't know. I'm not saying me. I say I, but you know, but I don't point, have assassin money. I feel like it again. This, this is an easy fix. This, it's easy to make this go away. Just have a paternity test because at this point, it obviously he ain't finna give up. He just keep taking it to a high court, and now he's accusing Jay Z of like paying people off to keep this. Um, to keep him from having to do the paternity test. But you test. gotta understand, taking a paternity test either making it go away or making it come in full fledged. <laughs> and now I owe a little nigga that I don't know <laughs> millions of dollars. <laughs> well, but okay. So how does back child support work though? Because if he did, if he says he didn't know about the child and they can't prove that he knew what they made, I don't know what are the criteria for you to have to pay back child support because I don't know if you just automatically get that shit. Like, I, I don't well, know what the Well, if that was the case, if, if, if Jay-Z didn't think there were any financial repercussions to it, then he'd do the paternity test. I feel like he just don't want that out there like i i don't he don't want the publicity that will come along with him having this long lost 22 year old fucking son like i feel like he just don't want to deal even if he didn't owe the nigga no money like it's still going to be in the headlines for a while like i, I don't be, know i bet beyonce was like i wish i would have knew about this shit before i released the album <laughs> <laughs> i would have had three more tracks on your ass <laughs> <laughs> Damn it's your lips <laughs> You know it Quit lying about that shit He does look like him I'm not even And I ain't even talking about Inamori Look at the nose His ears are His ears kind of way Like he really does Favor Jay Z Do you um, think Jay Z Would ever go on Maury <laughs> You know Cause as soon as they say You're not the father Then uh, I like the way you move Start playing A big I pimping. like the way you move But I'm that shit play after he say you're not the father. <laughs> yeah, I guess for Jay Z's episode it'll be Big Pimping. Uh, yeah, it, he can play Big Pimping. Or Pimpin song Cry. <laughs> <laughs> if it is the son. <laughs> Hell no. I I don't know. It's just been a bad week for people with illegitimate children. Um. So yeah. Um. The last thing that I have is Azalea Banks. And her Twitter beefs with Zayn Malik from formerly of One Direction, he's an independent artist now, and Sky Jackson, who is a Disney Channel star, and also you didn't see even if you don't watch Disney because I don't, I know her from the meme you that's going around. Meme. You didn't see the meme that's been created with her picture. Yeah. Shit, one they made a lemonade meme after Lemonade came out. Like I saw it. Yeah. So with all them sitting on the steps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she fit right in. It's like <laughs> whoever that was a Photoshop master that did. Like whoever did that shit. Like I'm looking at that picture for ten minutes. Like what the hell? I know it's supposed to be funny or something. <laughs> she did fit right in. They they fit her right in. But so what happened was first of all, let me just say only I don't know any of Azalea Banks' music. Only 
thing I know about this half is that she started Twitter beefs with like people like Erica Badu and now them and, and she's had a couple of Twitter beefs. So and, and for anybody who gonna give me that whole any publicity is good publicity bullshit, no. Ask Bill Cosby whether any publicity is good publicity. Well, I don't when, think he would agree with that. Well, when it involves rape and racism, man, you <laughs> you might want to reassess the levels of publicity you trying to achieve. Yeah. His was rape, hers is racism. Yes. Yes. Um. So what happened? What apparently he he released a music video and she is accusing him. She always accuses people of stealing from her. And again, I don't know shit. She didn't ever put out, but she stay accusing people of, of stealing ideas from her. So uh, apparently, some dance in the video. She's saying he like stole from her, and she went on this whole Twitter Twitter ramp. She called him a a, a sand nigga and 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 a Punjab, and made all these references to curry, and he smelled like curry, and just a whole lot of racist and homophobic shit. So Sky Jackson, all Sky Jackson said was she needs to simmer down. Azalea Banks needs to simmer down. Which was the nice way of saying what everybody else was thinking, which was, shut the fuck up, Azalea, damn. Um, and so then Azalea turns and, and, and goes on a Twitter rant. Now, let me mention that Sky Jackson is only 14 years old. And so Azalea Banks went into this rant insulting this 14-year-old, telling her to grow some hips and just all kind of inappropriate shit that made her look like an asshat and made Sky Jackson look very classy and very mature beyond her years. And I just don't get Azalea Banks again. And then, like she's made since then, she's apologized. But the only reason she apologized is because she got kicked out of this UK lineup for a show. Because I think she—that's where she's like big at. And she made during that rant, she made a reference to UK rap being trash. (laughs) Which they're the only ones that fucking support you. Like they're the main your main supporters. Like you gonna spit in the face of the people that like give you the little bit of paychecks that you get like really the fuck so now she's had to come back and apologize with it i wouldn't it's insincere to me but scott did come for her because she was like my meme is more relevant than you well, are she only came for her after i know i'm just saying <laughs> oh no scott obliterated she, yeah, her she, she, like, <laughs> she came in that bitch like the predator she did my <laughs> meme is more relevant than you will ever be and she's right yeah, it is because she came and Alaya made a rep like you're just a meme, but the meme is more relevant than you because again, I don't know no fucking music Azalea Banks ever put out. Only reason I know her name is because she constantly doing Twitter beats with folks. Like that's the only reason I know you. That's it. So I don't know, but shout outs to Sky Jackson because she really did, go, and she did it in such a classy way. Like that's the thing. Even her mama got in on it because her mom was that's like, so "Who is this talking about me?" <laughs> Um, but she did it in such a classy way. She she behaved in the way that you would think Azalea Banks at twenty four. Azalea Banks act like she was the fourteen year old in this situation. Like ridiculous. She needs to sit the fuck down. Like I just don't understand. So from this situation, I had a little debate oh, with God. a guy, a couple of people, because some people's idea is that Sky. Got in grown folk business. Oh, she shouldn't have got in grown folk business. When a, she should have stayed in a child's place. 
with this situation. That's some southern shit. First of all, let me just say that. <laughs> I don't I just don't that I just don't hold that perspective. No. If you hold that perspective as a parent, that's fine. I feel like you was a parent that your mom and daddy made your <laughs> ass sit in the living room while they played space in the kitchen and laughed and enjoyed themselves and have fun and you was mad as fuck that you didn't get to do that. So now you just paying your children back by making them be children. And the debate I got in was basically about, you know, if a child have a problem with an adult, they need to come talk to me. And I was basically saying that, you know, the job of a parent is to help a child learn how to respond to the world. If you keep a child in a child's place the first 17 years of their life, how are they really going to transition to being able to communicate with the adult world when they're 18? You're supposed to be helping them transition to doing that. You know what I'm saying? And when you get into the Azalea Bank situation, well, she put all her shit out there. To me, it no long it was no longer adult business. It was anybody who can read yep. business. You know, if you if she was sitting over in the corner in a room talking to somebody else, and a fourteen year old would have been eavesdropping and then started talking shit, that's a different situation. But when you put everything out on social media, a platform that you know people from ages ten up <laughs> is being a part of, it's no longer adult business. It's everybody business who you gave it to. I think grown folks is used so loosely because Zelia Banks is only 24 and she immature as fuck. Let's just, I mean, so grown I feel like people say, what is grown folks? Like, what is it 18 and above? Like, I don't know. And at the point that a child say something that every grown person wanted to say because it <laughs> makes sense and it's right, then how is that message invalidated because of the age of the person that said it? Because she's no less wrong for telling her to sit the fuck down yeah, because like, she's 14. It was 13 year old tell a damn adult that, that said 4 plus 4 plus 5 or 2 no. plus 2 is 5. If they said it was 4, they, you just was wrong. And a fucking <laughs> child corrected your ass. I mean, it's subjective as to whether, you know, what Sky did was correcting her but she definitely said something that needed to be said and she said something that somebody else was probably going to say in a very and mature she, way like that's the thing Sky didn't even do it in a, in, like, in a disrespectful way all she literally said that started all of this was for verbatim Azalea Banks needs to simmer down that's what she said which is so much more docile than anything that Azalea Banks has ever said to Hell anybody yeah at 24 she was making racist comments at this man like yeah I don't understand I, I ain't never understood that saying a child's place shit that's some southern stuff that I heard growing up cause I'm in the south and as an adult now like I that I just don't think that's anything that will ever come across my lips if you're being disrespectful like I don't I don't know. Well, in the debate that I had, I understood his perspective, even though it's maladaptive to a child becoming a, an adult and being yeah. able to communicate. He worked in the prison system and he said that you just don't know what these people are thinking under their breath and what they would do to you if you talk to them as a person that can't defend yourself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I see we just going to have two different perspectives because I work in an environment where kids who are uh, sexually or physically abused are are scared into silence and so for me you need to be a strong enough to speak up against an adult if you ever need to yep. it don't need to be a position where you generalize it's that generalization again where you generally tell a child you don't go up against an adult you don't challenge an adult you don't stop an adult you stay in a child's place well that leaves a child very vulnerable to be taken advantage by an adult that does not respect 
that kind of boundary between a child and an adult. Because the assumption is that ill intent. Yeah, because the assumption is that all adults are always right, and we all know that ain't the fucking case. Yeah. So in saying that you stay in a child's place and don't ever come up against an adult, well, you know, when they come up against an adult that is a pedophile, or they come up against an adult, like whatever the case may be, because adults are not always right. You put them in a situation in which they can't do nothing now because Mm -hmm. they're older. So automatically that makes them right. And again, we all know that ain't the case. Not at all. I talk to wrong adults every day. <laughs> Not at all. Constantly. Wrong so, as fuck. I don't know. But Azalea needs to sit the fuck down. This she is essentially. Needs to sit the fuck down, yeah. Like, really. I mean, when you become known more for just starting shit than you are known for your craft, for the whole very reason that you even started doing this because you say that you have a love of music that's a problem i am very much not under the impression that whole any publicity is good publicity i think that's bullshit and this is hurting her more than it's helping her because she's making a situation in which these these record companies and these executives they're not going to want to work with you because you're a liability and a problem so you're making it worse for yourself. This publicity is not helping you. It's hurting you. Yeah. She fucking up. Basically. But that is all I have for Unnatural Selection this week. Just a little bit of illegitimate child thrown in with a bit of racist, homophobic behavior. Yeah, that'll do it. So. But I want to let I want to let everybody that's listening know something, Red. What? I want to let them know that as much as Red... And y'all know Red hates Captain America. <sighs> she has agreed to come to watch Captain America, the last movie, Civil War. And I wanted to say this so that y'all can hold her accountable, just like I would try to. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's on tape now. Uh, yes, I'm going to go see this fuck-ass movie with this fuck-ass Listen, what you need to be saying is I'm going to go see this amazing movie with this fuck-ass character that I don't like that a bunch of other characters I do like will be in. All the other greatness will outweigh the Captain Americanness. For your sake, I hope so because if not, you're going to hear about this every single day. At the end of this movie, once you say it's good, it's going to give me another point on... I guess I should listen to him a little bit more. That's going to hurt my soul if that's the case. It's really going to hurt my soul. I hope that's not the case. I hope that it's horrible and I get to say, see, this is why. (laughs) At the end of the movie, the only thing you're going to say is I still don't fuck with Captain America. (laughs) That's what you're going to say at the end. Probably Some so. variation of it. <laughs> no, it'd probably be those exact words. <laughs> Sounds just like me. That'd probably be the, those exact words. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I will have seen it by the next time we come back. So pray for me. Yeah. <laughs> pray for my eyes <laughs> that they don't roll into the back of my head because my mom always told me that if you do it too much, they'll stick that way. <laughs> yeah, they say everything you used to do will stick that way if you yeah. do it. My, if that was the case, my I wouldn't have eyes right now. They'd be permanently in the back of my have head. Have you ever had? Have you ever been threatened with your mouth being washed out with soap? Nah, my mom. I slapped the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> Not now. Nah. She wasn't gonna bother to go get no soap. She was just gonna backhand you. So now. Nah. It's crazy. Stuff that ain't even possible. Yeah. Slap the taste out your mouth. <laughs> like, does that mean I won't be able to taste anything ever again? Or I'm going to beat the black off of you. Yeah, like. You're not going to change my skin color, ma'am. Exactly. Like, fuck? Ain't no black on me. I'm brown. <laughs> exactly. 
It's a uh, comedian named Reginald D. Hunter. Mm-hmm. And he had a stand-up that is hilarious. It's on YouTube. You should look it up. It's, but he said he had a no-nonsense mama that always said this thing. She said, you know what? I can show you better than I can tell you. <laughs> My said that And before. he said that when he was a, a young teenager, he started getting into something that was real serious. He said that it was something that I tried out at first to see if I liked it. And I kind of liked it, and I kept getting into it. He said... It was called sarcasm. <laughs> and he said, in the South, that's something that you don't do. And one day, he was in the mood, she was in the mood, and he said, you know what? I can show you better than I can tell you. And he said, well, maybe if you had the vocabulary to explain to me what you mean, maybe you could tell me better than you can show me. <laughs> he said, subsequently, she showed me. <laughs> it was hilarious, but Y'all should go look up Reginald D. Hunter, but that was funny. That is fucking hilarious. As a fellow sarcastic person, I understand. It's hard. It's hard, especially with your parents, because they're not really here for that sarcastic shit. They don't think it's cute. It's very hard. I don't think my mama understood sarcasm. My mom did, and she didn't like this shit. I don't think she understood it. You tried a couple of times, just don't work. Don't yeah. have desired effects. It's like, your words don't make sense. <laughs> it's not like your words make sense and I knew your intent behind them and yeah. I'm mad. My mom was like, no, that, that's, not, that's not accurate. I was like, mama, that was sarcasm. <laughs> I don't know what that is. My mom is fluent in sarcasm, but she was not here for that shit. So I had to be very careful because the shit I would say to other people, I definitely could not say to her ass because she was not here for it. Other people ain't here for it, but they just, you know, what are they going to do? Yeah. But my mom... She wasn't here for it, and, and she had a solution. And usually, it involves some kind of physical. <laughs> my mom, my mama responds was not today, Satan. In the name of Jesus, go get my oil. <laughs> like a variation of them thing. Like it was either Jesus or the devil was going. Our problems was because of the devil, I, and know, Jesus was going to fix them. I have always wondered. You tell the difference between God testing you and the devil just fucking with you because they look the same, don't they? I think both of them can be happening at the same time. <laughs> That's what I learned. <laughs> I think that God can be like, I think God and the devil sometimes in cahoots with one person <laughs> in one situation, and it's not like they on the same page, but it's like, well, I mean, if you're gonna be fucking with them, I guess I'm gonna be testing them. <laughs> Situation. I've always wondered that because people quick to say it's the devil doing something, but how you know God ain't just testing your faith at this time? That's one of my mama things because my mama would call me and say, "The devil acting up today." I done ran out of gas. I said, "Mama, mama, you how many gas stations did you pass by? How many exits did you pass by? Like you can't be blamed the devil for your poor decision making, you know, and you can't be." Giving God all the glory for good decisions that you made. <laughs> the world is not that black and white. Like it, nothing in life is that black and white. It's just not. Like that, again, that's why I don't know how you can tell the difference between whether it's God testing your faith or whether it's just the devil deciding that he gonna fuck with you today. There like, are things that you can blame the devil for. You know, uh, a toilet falling out of the sky on your car. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can blame the devil for that. That had nothing to do with you, and if the devil want to mess with you, that's what he doing. Fucking toilet, though. <laughs> that's what happened in Pushing Up Daisies. You ever seen that? Oh, yeah. The girl got killed because yeah. the airplane yeah. toilet fell out the sky on yeah. tour. Yeah. Random. And so, <laughs> there are things you can blame. You can't blame him for bad decisions. And there are things you can give God the glory for. You know, if you short, 
on a bill that costs ninety five dollars and a you find a hundred dollar bill in your driveway, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you if you spend all your money, you know, on or spend all of your bill money that you should have kept, no, I mean, you gotta put it in perspective. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. People are weird. Or if you choose to save your money that you were gonna buy some shoes on because of that bill, that was a good decision. That wasn't God. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody would argue that God gave you the presence of mind to save that money. He he spoke to me and told me not to buy them shoes. Well, my mama's but... perspective is extreme. My mama is a shell of a person <laughs> that don't do nothing. It's either God that pushed her to do stuff or the devil that messing with her doing stuff. <laughs> That's it. Like she don't make no decisions if I had to assess the way that my mama feel about those things. That's sad. I can't imagine. I don't know. She choose what she eat. But I tell you, if she got food poisoning, then it was the devil. <laughs> you chose to eat that fish that had just exactly. been sitting out for a week, but it was the devil who caused you to get food poisoning. I mean, I'm just saying. I don't know how the fuck we got. I don't know how we have half the conversations that we have, which is why we decided to do this. I think we can. I think we could start an episode without no topics. We really could. with one topic yeah. and just have a whole. Thing. We should maybe try that. One we should time. just freestyle a whole damn freestyle episode. Freestyle a whole episode to see. It. We we it'd probably be the longest episode ever because yeah, it would just go I, into a whole lot of. We have to have a shit. time limit. I have to set a timer when the people go off. We just yeah, have it's to a wrap. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're random. Anything else on your mind? I think that's enough. <laughs> All right. Well, until we come to the next conversation, we out. Holla.